Thank you for listening to the Kelowna Christian Center podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be fresh and encouraging to you. For more information on KCC and how to connect, visit us at kcc.net. Well, now you know the kind of music that I listen to. (laughs) Takes you back a few years, doesn't it? How many of you remember that song, We Are Family? Now, the song actually talks about, you know, me and my sisters, but I like to always include the fact that brothers can be family too. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this morning with you. God bless you. We're talking about family vibes this summer, or, or the uh, summer vibes, and I have felt as soon as uh, Pastor Brody got a hold of me and asked me to, to share this morning, the whole issue of family just resonated within my heart. And uh, so that's what I'm going to talk about, family vibes this morning. Uh, I know Pastor Ed shared about marriage vibes last week, and we've got different things beginning to flow right across. And then at the end of the service, uh, during the announcement time, I'm going to just give you an update on what's transpiring in terms of the front of the property. So we should have some good things ahead of us here. But as is my habit, you know what my habit is, I like us to stand to hear the Word of God, right? Would you stand with me this morning? And we're going to read the Word of God together. How many of you know that people actually gave their lives to have the book in front of us that we're reading? I mean, we're talking about millions of Christians, not just, you know, 2,000 years ago, but there are millions of Christians, even in the last century, there were more martyrs in the Christian faith than in any century. So Christians all over the world are paying a high price for the access to the Word of God and access just to gather together. I was on the phone yesterday, just before we read this, on the phone yesterday with a church that we're kind of giving oversight to in Quesnel. Um, They've been kicked out uh, in the city and being replaced by a cannabis store. And this is the fifth one in the city of Quesnel, of a city of 10,000, and there are five more that are coming in. That'll be 10 cannabis stores for a population of 10,000 people. So you don't think that things are going on in the the world that is all around us in terms of priority shifting and values being, if we don't get ourselves uh, shifted back to the foundations of the Word of God, uh, we're going to lose the culture. And we're going to lose the Canada that we, we brought, were brought up in and, and learned to know about when we were very young. So let's read the Word of God with purpose this morning, okay? From this, is it from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 to 20? And I'm reading, and I'm reading from the Amplified uh, or the Message translation. Let's read it together. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace. And that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to you as insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. 
You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home, a family. He's using all, irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. Turn to somebody beside you and say, You're, we're all ex-somebodies. God bless you. You may be seated. We're not nobodies, but we're all ex-somebodies. We all came to this place from a different, uh, different uh, destination or different uh, orientation. We've all come here by the grace of God. We weren't family. We become family by the grace of God. We weren't brothers and sisters, but we are now brothers and sisters. We may not have had a family before, but you've got one now. It's called the family of God or his church. And that's one of the reasons why I chose that song, We Are Family, because being family is very, very important to me. I, some of you know our, our background, but my dad, his dad left him when he was six months old, and his mom raised uh, a single boy uh, in the midst of abject poverty in uh, the state of New Jersey, a little town called Perthamboy. And family has become very important to me over the years to make sure that our family was strong and stayed together. And, uh, you know, when it comes to summer, there's nothing that draws family together than good summer weather, right? Carlene and I had the opportunity to take a cruise to Alaska with her brother Doug and Judy. That's the first time we've actually been on a, a cruise or even a holiday together. And though we live, you know, thousands of miles apart, they live in, in Oshawa, Ontario, uh, and we're not able to connect very often, uh, in matter of moments when you get together, the bond is there because we're family. There's something about the dynamic of being family. Nathan and Carrie are remodeling their home right now in their kitchen, and, the, and they've been, the children have been staying with us, all of, all of our granddaughters, including their dog, Kootenai. Some of them have beds, and some of them don't, but it doesn't seem to matter because we're family. I get to give some butterfly kisses, and that brings back a lot of memories of growing up with my daughter. Carlene came to me last uh, night, and she said Rylan had asked her to play a little game called Blitz. Anybody ever played the game Blitz? And uh, Carlene was saying, well, you know, I'm really not that good at it. She said, yeah, we want someone at the table that's slow. <laughs> so you're finding all kinds of stuff about your kids when you start living with them on that family level. I took my, my brother-in-law chronomid fishing at, at uh, Brown Lake uh, Terry about, uh, about three weeks ago, and uh, we were catching some good fish. Uh, but I used my scout skills to tie up the anchor and uh, wound up losing the front anchor. <laughs> and so we took the anchor from the back of the boat and put it on the front boat, and I again used my scout skills and tied all kinds of knots on knots on knots, and then I realized that our boat was floating. And I thought, well, it's, the anchor's just not on the bottom. And I looked back, there was a rope in the water as my anchor, my second anchor, was going down. But he wasn't angry with me. Why? He's family. Maybe he wants a part of the inheritance. I don't know. 
I want you to listen to a little clip that uh, has been prepared for you this morning. It's about a little Chinese girl counseling her mom and dad who are contemplating divorce. And let's, let's watch it a little bit together today. No one else than me. Mom, are you ready to be his friend? Yes. Try not to be that, that high up to be friends. I want everything to be low, okay? Okay. Just try your best. I, I don't want you and my dad to be replaced and, and me again. I want you and my dad to be placed and settled and be friends. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want everyone to be friends. And if I can be nice, I think all of us can be nice too. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to do my best in my heart. Nothing else than that. I want you, Mom, my Dad, everyone to be friends. I want everyone to be smiling. Not like being mad. I want everything to smile. Especially when I see someone, I want them to smile. Especially Nana, everyone. I want everyone to smile. And if that's for my dad and you, Mom, I think you can do it. I think you can settle your, your, mean, your mean heights down a little to short heights. Then it's both, okay? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm trying to be steady on the floor, not way down, <laughs> on straight, on the middle where my heart is. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something too. And if we live in a world where everyone's being mean, everyone's going to be a monster in their future. What if if there's just a little bit of persons and we will eat them, then no one will ever be here. Only the monsters in our place. We need everyone to be in person. Everyone, including me and my mom, everyone. I just want everything to be settled down. Nothing else. I just want everything to be good as possible. Nothing else. Thank you, Tiana. Come give mommy to do. I love you. Say with me this this morning. God is building a family. And he's using us to do it. No matter how we got here. You don't know how many times I've said what that little girl has said. You got to calm down. Don't so high, go low. You got to humble yourself, right? And everything, don't, don't be so mean. Be nice. Smile. I'm looking back at, you know, 40 years of counseling and going, 
that little one, she's on her way to becoming one of the top psychologists in the world. Right from the very beginning, God's heart was to establish a family. Paul even makes a prayer that way in Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 4. He says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Christ, like this little Chinese child, came to earth to help us get the human story right and to provide a good outcome. He came to bring a revelation to us of God the Father, a good Father who only wanted a great family. And in the garden, you don't see an abstract presence of God sort of sitting in heaven and, and wondering about what's going down on earth. He's a God who's on a mission to connect and to communicate and to care for a man and a woman and then to establish a covenant so that he would, could continue to care for their children forever. That's a wonderful picture of God from my perspective. The Godhead, is actually, the Godhead has actually been described as the first family because throughout Scripture we see Heavenly Father referred to primarily in masculine terms. And the Holy Spirit, and I won't get into all of the dynamics of this, but the Holy Spirit is referred to primarily in feminine terms. And then Jesus is referred to in, 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 in the term as a child. So when you study Scripture, you see families in the heart of God. He wants to see because we were made in His image, male and female. Families in the heart of God. Marriage is in the heart of God right from the act of creation. And He wants to see men, women, and children functioning in their true identity. Men reflecting the heart of the Father. Women reflecting and expressing the heart of the Holy Spirit. And children functioning according to the, the heart of obedience as a son. You see it in the Godhead. So Christianity is not about a religion. It is all about getting our relationships right. Where do we practice that? How do you practice it? The fear a lot of people have about getting marriages, they want to try it out first just in case it fails. Because they're afraid that when they start connecting and relating as a husband and wife without having all that uh, potential practice time, which we used to call dating and engagement, hello, that somehow they will fail in the relationship and the fear of failure in the relationship is greater than anything else. But when we begin to understand that God's intention is to get our relationships right, the Bible says he puts the solitary in community, in a family. And so you, you may have not have been part of a family before. Maybe your family is functional or dysfunctional. It doesn't matter. But when you come to the body of Christ... And I'm praying for this, that the Lord will make his church functional and healthy in its relational strengths. But when you come in the door and you're met by people, hopefully you're not finding hypocrisy, but you're finding transparency and openness and a heart to be there for you. And you've maybe found family. I, 
I was just meeting and greeting a few people before the church uh, service this morning, and I met Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Wave your hand up high. I said, Patricia, give me a little bit of a, a background. She said, I was in the church 34 years ago when you had black hair. <laughs> Welcome home. But we're talking about the dynamic of of men becoming men and women becoming women and children understanding their own identity and, and God getting involved in the situation by placing us in a marriage, placing us in a family where we have to work out our issues. You know, there's no perfect marriage and there's no perfect family. If you found one, get out. There's no perfect church. You found one, get out because you're imperfect. You'll mess it up. The fact of the matter is that this is a proving ground for us. In marriage, there are things we find out about ourselves that we didn't like, things that we have to sacrifice and lay down and, and, and have to compromise and work things out, and that matures us. Hopefully, it matures us into, uh, to a husband and wife that are capable of raising a child. Then a child comes on the scene. You know the difference a child makes in your life. A child comes into your life and all of a sudden that child is not giving into your life. You're waking up on their beck and call. Hello. You're feeding them when they're hungry. They're not getting up and saying, hey, can I make you something to eat? You're, you're having to learn what it means to lay down your life and your whole life is circulating around the idea of another child is coming to the home. Then add another one and then another one. Hello. And you've got a perfect environment for you to grow up yeah. and mature. And so when it comes to the body of Christ, and this is why the, uh, the church is such an important factor in this, is because when you come to a church, and as many people do, the church of their choice, they come in and try it out and check it out, right? But they don't commit. And it's in the committing of yourself and the willingness to be held accountable in a, in a corporate environment that causes growth. We can always check out, you know, we made a covenant in, in marriage, and so that holds us together a little longer, but we don't ask you to make that covenant when you walk in the church, so if you get upset one day and you want to find another church, out you go. But that doesn't help you grow up, Amen. because God puts you in a family, and it's in that family that God's working out the issues in your life. And you go, oh, Lord, I didn't realize that, that it's all about me now. I've got some things I've got to deal with in my own personal development. That's one of the hardest things, and I'll tell you this from a pastor's heart. It's one of the hardest things as a pastor to stay so long in a church. It's easier just to go for a three-year honeymoon with a people that are saying, hey, we want you, we voted you in, here's some money, help us for a period of time, and you build up the church, and they all think you're doing great, and then you take another church for a little bigger salary and a little bigger congregation and go on. I came to this place 37 years ago to lay my roots down, to buy my burial plot, to grow old with you. And it's easier to kind of check out than it is to stay the long term and be known. Now, you know all kinds of things about me. You know the things that I've struggled with in my personal life and development. I've been very uh, transparent from this pulpit as a pastor. 
But just as pastors have got to be willing to pay the price of growing old with a, uh, with a church family and becoming a father in the house, so people have got to be willing to say, okay, I, I'm, whether I, you know, I don't like, I can't always choose my brothers and sisters. Have you found that? You can't always choose your brothers and sisters, right? They, they, they're yours. God gave, you to the, uh, gave them to you. The Bible says that we're one body with many members all being placed together and assembled by him. And God puts you exactly together with individuals that will help you grow up. And we say, I'm out of here. And then when you're entering heaven, you find out the same people are walking in the door with you. And then you're asking for your destination and what hotel you're in. And he's got you bunking with them for eternity, the people you couldn't handle down here. Come on. Those are the dynamics uh, that we're having to deal with when we're trying to create family. Family just doesn't happen. Family is a day-to-day, you know, moment by moment, hour by hour, day-to-day commitment to each other that we're going we're gonna to become family. And whatever it takes, I'm going to be a good family member. Hello. So Christianity is not about religion. It's about getting our relationships right. It's about getting our relationship with God right. Because God never rejected us, ever. We rejected Him through Adam. And the one that has to turn back is us. God hasn't wronged us. We've wronged Him. But God is positioned towards us in such a way, and we sang about it this morning, it's His loving kindness that leads us to repentance. And we go, God still loves me, and He hasn't turned His back on me yet. He's here still to be in relationship with me. If I just turn around, I'll see Him. Religion's all, uh, Christianity is all about getting your relationship right with a rejected father, heavenly father, with a grieving Holy Spirit, with a despised son, all because of our sin and what we did, not because of what he did. We rejected God. He never rejected us. And Jesus came to reconcile us to the heart of the Father and to the Holy Spirit from which we are born again, become part of the family And Jesus becomes our elder brother. But we become brothers and sisters together, all born of the same Father, born of the same Spirit, born of the same blood. Hello. Christ paid the price for our hostility and paved the way for us to be reconciled back to the Father and re-enter the family. The cross got us to embrace. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He took our wrong on himself and died in our place. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what salvation's all about. And we recognize that it's the cross that opened up the door for us to have relationship back with God, our Heavenly Father, and precious Holy Spirit. The church is called to be a spiritual family. How often has it needed the wisdom of a child to speak 
to it about its true character as a family. I, I looked at, at some of the, the words that this, this little girl was saying on the clip. Everyone, settle down. Be nice. Don't be mean. Right? Because if we're mean, it's like we're monsters. Did you hear that part? And we eat each other up. And then if we eat each other up, monsters do, then there's only monsters left. And you know what? She's actually quoting the scripture. Because the apostle Paul basically said the same thing. He says, why are you consuming each other's flesh? Why would I hit on my wife who is my flesh? If I hurt her, I hurt myself. If I wound you, I wound me. That little girl was right on. It made me not quoting scripture, but she was quoting principle. And you hear her heart. Try to do the best in your own heart. You can't control everybody else's heart, but you can do the best in your heart. I want everybody to be friends. How many times as a pastor over 45 years have I said, can you just be friends? Start there. I think we're going to have a rude awakening when it comes to entry into heaven. When we take a look at the friends we've rejected and God's not rejected us or maybe the embitterment and the unforgiveness and the stuff we've not dealt with here maybe undermining our ability to get into heaven. Maybe we need a reculturation course before we can enter. Are you ready to be each other's friends? Remember what she said to her mom? Are you ready to be each other's friends? And then she followed it up with this, I think you can do it, mom. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it breaks your heart when you hear a little child saying that from the depths of their being, saying, I just want us to be together. And I think that's why God created heaven, because he gets us all in there and you can't get out. <laughs> right? It's all about family. It's all about God wanting the family to be together. Say with me, God is building a family. And he's using us irrespective of how we got here. <laughs> Amen. You believe that? Years ago, I remember, uh, you know, I've, I've been involved in the church ever since I've been a, a baby. I was placed under the pews when my mom and dad were pastoring. I lived on top, beside, and underneath the church, and I listened to the, the events. You've heard me tell this story, and I I heard the good, bad, and the ugly about people in the church. I heard them talking bad about my mom and dad and then greeting them with a nice smile on Sunday morning. And I said, I don't want anything to do with that. But I, I couldn't deny God, and I couldn't deny I, needed, I wanted to be saved, and I couldn't deny that the Word of God was true and the principles were true, but I really didn't like church, and I didn't like the family. And I remember when, when actually God called me into the ministry to be a pastor, I thought I rebuked the devil. I thought it was the devil talking, not God, because he wouldn't want me in the church. I would go into church, and I've told you this story before, but a little bit like wider, cleaning up Dodge City. I'd be shooting bullets every Sunday morning, right? Come on. 
And I remember one older lady in the early years, in the early years, Patricia, she came up and she says, Pastor, that hurt me. What you said this morning, it wounded me. I said, I'm sorry, I, I missed. I was planning on killing you. I realized, oh God, I was trying to clean up the church from all the stuff I saw, the dysfunction of when I watched it when I was growing up as a kid, and I realized that I needed to be shot myself. Hello, we all, do we all need to die? There's too much of us alive. You know, the self-life has got to die for God to, to, to emerge. And uh, I remember how that brought a little bit of a revelation into my own heart as I looked at it and I went, oh Lord, I, I, I don't want to be involved as a pastor. I, I don't even feel like my calling is pastoral. It's to be a spiritual dad. And I began to realize that right from the very beginning, it was all about the Father establishing something. When, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, what did he say? This is how I want you to pray. What did he say? Our Father. Isn't that incredible? He didn't say, say after me, my Father, and we'll figure it out whether you're involved or not, or connected, or whether you're accepted. He said, pray this way, our Father, because his heart was to direct our attention to the Father. He came to reconcile the world back to the Father. Jesus, when he was in his uh, earthly ministry, he went around and said, I've got to be about my father's business. I've got to go to my father's house. And in a very real way, this is the father's house. It's where the children of God gather together. And we're here because of what the father's plans were and because of the heart of the Holy Spirit giving us birth and the work of Jesus at the cross that pulled down all of the hostility between us and made enemies friends. That's a powerful thing, that he could gather us from all places in the world. And not only that, over 37 years of ministry here in Kelowna, there's probably not one nation in the world that you can go to that we can't find friends. God has given us an opportunity to touch over 35 to 40 nations of the world. We've sent a lot of our spiritual sons and daughters globally. We've got the body of Christ. We've got the family of God universal. There's not a, there's no family. I remember sitting in the plane one time and a person was asking me who I worked for and what I did. I said, I'm part of the largest organization in the whole world. Oh, Microsoft? Google, you know, like, uh, you know, Apple, what, what are you talking about? I said, uh, no, 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 ours is bigger. They began to talk, and they got more and more interested, and finally I said, listen, I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. We've got family in every nation in the world. We've got people in more churches than any outlet you can possibly think of, including McDonald's. Come on. He began to teach me and talk to me about being a father and building a family, not building an organization, building a family. And yes, I've seen some of our brothers and sisters, your aunts and uncles who have passed away. 
Many of them laid a legacy to enable us to be where we are today. They paid the price that we can actually sit here in this facility. Very grateful for that history. But many pastors, they see their congregants as students or soldiers or servants. But the Lord said, you're not to talk about them that way. You're to talk to them as sons and daughters. Do sons and daughters serve? Yes. Do they learn and study? Yes. Are they soldiers? Are they willing to fight together? My, my son called me this week. <laughs> I came back from the, the cruise uh, and I passed a kidney stone when I was away. Wasn't that wonderful? I think I can now identify with women. And then I came home and started work on, you know, was here on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday morning woke up with my, my right foot as double the size with gout. So saw the doctor on Thursday morning with my wife, and he said, listen, you're going to have to be off that at least two weeks. You couldn't fit my foot. It's all part of uric acid, and I guess I had a lot too much lobster when I was away on this cruise. Too much meat, too much seafood. So I told my son, because I was supposed to minister this morning, he said, okay, Dad, I, I, I'll start working on message. And I went, great. Then he called me back and he said, you know what, Dad? We need to fight this. <laughs> he said, uh, Dad... We need to fight this. And I'm in my mind and my heart, and I think I even said it to him, who's we? <laughs> I've got a foot I can't even put on the ground, and there's nothing, there's no shoe or whatever for me to, to wear. But you know what? The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to fight this. Because sometimes you get so fatigued and weary, it's just got, the fight is out of you. You just relapse. So... I said, son, by the grace of God, I will be standing in the pulpit on Sunday morning and I will be preaching. Amen. That is not supposed to happen. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. But my heart was to raise sons and daughters because sons and daughters have an inheritance mentality. Someone can come over to my home, take a look at my fence, and go, hey, you need to repair your fence. But my kids come over to the house, and they go, hey, Dad, we need to fix the fence. And why do they say that? Because they're thinking that when I'm dead, the house needs to be in good repair. That will increase the inheritance. Come on. You know what it's like. You know what it's like being family. I remember marrying this beautiful woman that will be married 47 years together in a couple weeks. Still as beautiful to me today as it was when I married her. In love with my wife. But you know what it's like when you're together and you haven't got anything? And I remember when the first bed was just a piece of foam with as many blankets that were given to us when we got married wrapped around this foam that became our bed we didn't have we didn't have a table but we had an ironing board that was given to us when we got married 
and it had one seat. And the ironing board became our table. So one could sit and eat and then change up, and the other sat and ate. Come on. Hello. You know what? And we never thought there was anything wrong with that. We didn't have a fridge, so our milk and cheese went on the outside of the window. It didn't matter because we were married. We're family, right? We could handle it. But man, when you start thinking about adding a child, you go, oh God, now we have to get, the motorcycle will not work. We've got to do something more. And then you've got to take care of that child. And the child grows up and that child marries, or three of them, you know, or all of them marry, and they've got family too. And all of a sudden you're realizing that there's a corporate inheritance that's been increasing. They come to my fridge and eat my meat because they have access. They're just walk in and going, it's part of our inheritance, Dad. And I need a, you know, a, a washer to, a, a, what do you call it, power washer, and it's out of Brody's garage and into mine, right? Because our, our assets have been increasing because we have committed ourselves to growing a family, and now when they have a need, the rest of the family can gather together to help. Well, I guess the question this morning, because as I look at the church as a whole, and I'll end in a, in a couple minutes, as I look at the church as a whole, I see a lot of delinquent parents, people that have not wanted to be mom and dad because of the responsibility, the accountability. They haven't wanted to lay their lives down. And then I've also seen a, lot, a fatherless and a motherless generation, a generation of orphans that choose a church like they would a gas station on the basis of convenience or service. They have not learned to be a son or a daughter, and because of that, they have not been able to enter into inheritance. What I'm going to be sharing with you at the announcement time is an inheritance issue. And as I look at this congregation, I wish others who had given into that inheritance were here today to enjoy what we're going to enjoy over the next 10, 20 years of our life but they're not. Some have passed on. That's wonderful. Some have, for one reason or another, left the family. And of course, as a dad, a spiritual dad, when anyone leaves, it hurts, right? You know that on a natural level, but it also, you feel it on a spiritual level. What kind of family do you want? Do you value fathers and mothers in this house who express the heart of the Father and the life of the Spirit do you see your friends as brothers and sisters who by the grace of God have interfaced with your life by God's will and share a common destiny together? It's important to me that we understand that God came through Christ to reconnect with his family and give us opportunity to enter into the Father's family. And today, we are not just congregants and members of a church, we are brothers and sisters. We belong to each other for life. We are eternally friends. 
and we need to act like that and function like that, and the world will be a better place when they look at the church as the counterculture movement of the world that is so caught up with rejection and dysfunction and disconnect. May God help us be a family. We are family. No, I won't start singing it, but we are. We are family. Amen? Father, this morning we just open up our hearts to you and go, thank you, Lord, for sending your son Jesus, who we embraced because of the cross. You broke down every wall that separated us from you, and we are now have now entered into this relationship with you that we can enjoy for eternity, and we can have eternal friends, not just natural friends or temporary friends or social friends but eternal friends friends that we're going to know for for this life and the world to come we're going to share heaven together we're going to share eternity and your intentions forever and so lord like the little chinese girl who spoke to us this morning from her heart, I say with her today this. I say, everyone settle down. Be nice to each other, not mean. Try to do the best from your own heart. Be friends. Smile at each other. Be steady. Are you ready to be friends? I think you can do it. So, Father, help us to do it. If there are families here that are at risk this morning or marriages that are at risk, we pray in Jesus' name that you will bring your healing power to that. And if there are those who are here this morning that do not know you and have not been welcomed into your family, Lord, we open up the door right now to the family of God. And all it takes is to receive Jesus as their brother. To turn from the way that they're going. Turn back to God. And God is looking for them to turn. So if your head's bowed and your eyes closed this morning, if you're here in this place and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, your Savior, you don't know him as your father, you're not part of an eternal family. You want to be. Would you just raise your hand say, I need to become part of the family. And on my own, I have an orphan heart. I'm disconnected. Anyone here? Just raise your hand so I can see it this morning. Okay. I want to give you that opportunity to become family. My family. My brother. My sister. We bless you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information on KCC and how to connect, visit us at kcc.net.